Liz Mahan, Physician Recruitment Advisor at AAPPR, and this is the I Am AAPPR podcast series. The I Am AAPPR podcast series was created for recruitment professionals by recruitment professionals. We're virtually traveling the country, seeking out the incredible stories of our AAPPR members. This is an opportunity to showcase our pride and the unique members, corporate contributors, and offerings that come along with being a part of AAPPR. So what makes you say, I am AAPPR? Hi, I'm Liz Mahan, Physician Recruitment Advisor at the Association for Advancing Physician and Provider Recruitment. And this is the I am AAPPR podcast. Today, I'm joined by Pam Snyder, Marissa Anderson, and Leah Popescu. They are the leaders of Academic In-House Recruiters, otherwise known as AIR, an official shared interest group of AAPPR. Pam Snyder is the Senior Director of Physician and Advanced Practice Provider Recruitment at Bay State Health in Massachusetts. She has 15 years experience in healthcare marketing and a long history of healthcare operations and leadership experience. She holds her CPRP certification through AAPPR and serves as president of AIR. Marissa Anderson is a physician recruiter at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. She has seven years of physician recruitment experience in addition to several years of healthcare recruiting and human resource experience. Marissa currently serves as vice president for AIR. Leah Popescu is the Director of Faculty Recruitment at Rush University Medical Center in Chicago. She has been in faculty recruitment for nine years and is currently responsible for all medical college faculty and APP recruitment at Rush. She holds her CPRP certification through AAPPR and serves as Secretary of AIR. Welcome everyone, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Liz. Thanks, thanks for having us. It's my pleasure. I love getting to know all of you and hearing your stories through doing these podcasts. So I'm curious, I want to hear a little bit about your journeys with AAPPR. Pam, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about your experience with AAPPR and and how you came to be a member. Sure, Liz. So I joined AAPPR. It was probably about seven and a half years ago, um, actually when I um, started working in Massachusetts at Bay State, um, although I'd done physician recruitment before, I had never actually been a member of the organization. Um, And I can tell you that first year with the um, training um, that AAPPR provided um, for the certification, Uh, was really instrumental in my career early on at Bay State. Um, I think that it really helps you um, develop a team um, that's that's really doing national best practices, which is where you want to be, right, as a recruitment team. Um, And then since then, I have um, been on various committees with AAPPR, worked a lot on the data committee, and then I have been a member of the Air Board for um, probably about five years now. So, and then the president this year. So, um, love it. Um, love the collegial um, aspect of it. Um, met a lot of great people. Um, you know, physician recruiters are a really tight group, um, and they're also very open to help their colleagues. So, um, it's been a great organization for that. That's awesome. I love that. I love hearing how tightly networked everybody is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think one of the benefits of being an AAPPR member is getting to know yes. recruiters. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. Marissa, tell me a little bit about your journey with AAPPR. Yeah, so I have been with AAPPR since about 2014. Um, I started as a physician recruiter in 2013. Um, that was the first year that Minneapolis, well, that was a year when the conference was at Minneapolis. So I got to collaborate and learn about AIR. I didn't know AIR existed until then. Um, but my main thing as a first year, second year physician recruiter was all the resources that were on the website for various things, such as connecting with residents and fellows and presentations and stuff. That was extremely helpful at the beginning for me. Um, I've been with AIR since I learned about it. And then I started on the leadership about the same time as Pam, um, serving in various roles currently as the vice president. Um, the one thing also that recently with AAPR is um, I signed up for the mentor match. And um, while I was out on furlough due to COVID, I had someone reach out to me personally, and we've been talking monthly now. She's newer to the recruitment and that's been really fulfilling for me, um, and it was definitely fulfilling when I was out on furlough to like keep myself and my head in the game and to feel like I was having a purpose. So I was really appreciative of that with AAPPR in the most recent months. That's fantastic. And Mentor Match is such a good resource. And I wish more members would take advantage of it because it's, you know, it's not only about the mentee experience learning from mm -hmm. the mentor, but like you said, so many of the mentors who participate in the program learn and gain things mm -hmm. from the mentees that they work with. Yeah. And it's a reminder how far you've come as a professional, yeah. um, you know, in the, the world of physician recruitment. And um, so it's been, it's been really great. It seems to be a common theme in these podcasts is we don't take the time to appreciate all of the successes that we've had and all of the journeys that we've been on in, in recruitment and in our profession. And, and that deserves to be celebrated. So Leah, what about you? What's, what's your story been like with APPR? So I joined APPR about two months into being in physician recruitment. Um, and it was actually being hosted here in Chicago. So my um, boss had said, well, I think you should register. You'll learn a lot and sign up for the 101 um, classes along with it. And I remember coming out of that feeling so overwhelmed of information after only being in this world for literally about two months um, that really by the next year, going back to it, it almost felt like a, a like so different of information and gathering after you've now been in it and know a little bit of the concepts and, and what everyone's talking about, but it was a um, very eye-opening experience and something that I continue as I grow my team to decide, you know, depending on how long they've been with us, is it now the right time for you to go or do the classes, or maybe just go to the meeting and then next year do the classes because you'll get that much more out of it. Um, so it's been fun for me to, to introduce um, several of my team members into APPR and what the organization has available. Um, mirroring what uh, Marissa said with the resources, it's every time I'm looking for a benchmark data or um, an example of, a, of COVID itineraries and how those are changing, um, you know, being able to go to that, to that resource library or connect with our um, our, our members just to see what they're doing. COVID probably the more than ever of being able to um, see what everyone else is going through and how they're managing it. Um, it's really been a very helpful tool. 
the resources that this group offers one another is amazing. I'm always just so impressed with how willing to share um, information, either through personal connections or resources, sending mm -hmm. a sample of an itinerary or best practices, um, you know, how open members are to sharing with one another and, and learning from one another. So that's fantastic. So collectively, you represent the leadership of AIR, which consists of academic in-house recruiters. Tell me a little bit about what's unique about academic recruiting or recruiting for faculty-related jobs. Um, and I'm sure that Leah and Marissa are probably going to be able to add a, a lot more to this. Um, you, you know, with um, a faculty recruitment, um, I mean, with academic recruitment, it really takes in the faculty component, but also the <laughs> research component. So um, we find ourselves, um, whereas community recruiters are working with um, medical staff leadership, um, and they're working um, with community leaders in academic recruitment, you're really working with a hierarchy in the organization um, of the chairs and um, the, the chiefs in the chairs, and you're also um, lots of different components. So there, there are positions that we will be looking for in academic facilities that you would, you, you're never going to be look, looking for in the community. So um, there is that, that is probably, um, I, I mean, the, the biggest thing, if you just stand back and look at what's the difference, that's really the difference is that the faculty and the research components, but I'd be interested in what Marissa and Leah could add to that as well. I think what I would add is, you know, I, I've only done academic recruitment, so I, it's hard for me to think outside of academics. Um, but again, looking at when I brought team members on and and I'm trying to get the understanding of what's a chair, what's a chief, what's a division, what's a section, like mm -hmm. all of those pieces that I almost take for granted because it's the only thing I've ever known here. So um, it's like, oh yeah, I need to go back and explain these details to you because you've never experienced it before. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then also, um, so for, for Mayo Clinic, we do have um, community and academic recruitment. So I do kind of sit in both worlds, specifically more in academic. Um, however, like, you know, the main difference is the way you look at a CV and what you're looking for in a CV, what kind of qualifications and um, different words that you want to pick up on different, you know, academic publications or grants and different things like that, that you're not looking for when you're looking for a community based practice and just learning which ones are like, I don't want to say better than others, but just like the different ones that the different recruitment teams and search committee teams, um, you know, based on the specialty and whatnot are looking for and hoping for. Yeah, it can just really change the competencies that you're looking for mm -hmm. um, in a candidate. It just, to your um, point, Marissa, I think you're absolutely right. It changes the way you're looking at the individual. So mm -hmm. you have to take their clinical skill set into consideration, but there's also lots of other competencies yes. that we might be looking for in an academic setting. Right. So it's great that AAPPR is able to have um, a SIG that is focused on academic in-house recruiting and where academic in-house recruiters can work with one another, especially it sounds like if they're new to academic recruiting or they're looking for competencies outside of a community-based system or practice. So share with me a little bit about what AIR does. 
So if I, I guess what I would say is if I was at a conference right now and just networking with someone and they're asking me to tell <laughs> them more about AIR, um, you know, of course it's academic focus. So what we just spoke about, but more than that, I think the purpose of our shared interest group is, um, you know, really to network and collaborate and share best resources among um, like a like focus. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we can, we can learn a ton from AAPPR and we have, as we mentioned, used the resources that the entire scope of AAPPR provides. Um, but there are, um, differences in, you know, an itinerary that's going to be academic and what they might want to have be part of their pre a presentation or different things. And just, you know, collaborating from that regards or, um, job descriptions that we're creating different roles that aren't just a physician that does radiology or um, so figuring out how to, um, you know, using our resources to help each other collaborate in that way, um, I think is one of the biggest things that I've valued from AIR. Yeah, and I would agree. I mean, I think from, from a leadership role here at Rush, when um, I get asked about best practices or um, you know, even trying to get a sense of what our organizations are doing with COVID, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, what I'm looking for are people that have similar systems and structures to, to rush. And that's what my boss is hoping I'm coming back to her with is um, something comparable to what our institution is. So it builds that nice network of colleagues that I can reach out to. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and I would agree. And when we think about the you know, the direction, I think one of the directions, Liz, that if we look at in just the past couple of years, um, you know, AIR was a standalone um, organization, and we actually joined AAPPR a couple of years ago as a special interest group. And at that point in time, um, Marissa, um, Leanna, we sat down and we really thought about what do we need to provide for our members? How do mm -hmm. we take it to that next level? And mm -hmm. the, the one thing that we really have been trying to focus on is spotlighting our members and giving them a platform to also um, to get personal growth, right? Um, as recruiters, um, you know, we, we're, we're caught up in our systems a lot and we're doing things in our system, but from an academic standpoint, all of our, our physicians are being published, the researchers are being published, and we really felt like we needed um, to provide um, a place that our recruiters could actually go and be published themselves. So what are some of the benefits to joining AIR? What can members expect to learn or gain? I know you mentioned networking and resource sharing. Tell me a little bit more about that. I love, Pam, what you were saying about the opportunity to publish and advance within your career. So I'm curious, let's start there. Can you tell me a little bit more about those opportunities? Sure, sure. So we do um, an airmail once a quarter, and we always send out a call to our membership um, where they can submit articles um, for um, publishing in the airmail. Um, we also have some social media platforms that we can publish as well. Um, in addition to that, we do, um, we always do call outs if we're doing, we do a lot of open forum webinars where everybody has the um, opportunity to give best practice ideas. And <clears throat> we've um, sent out a couple of times to ask for different people 
um, to moderate sections of um, the forum. So that's that's one opportunity. And then I really want, um, Leah really works a lot representing our team to our new members. Um, so every <laughs> month um, I'll pull a list of our new members and give them an email to welcome them to air, let them know about the quarterly air mail that we do. Um, that we um, have webinars and if there's any information of one coming up um, and just let them know that we're here as a resource. So um, really trying to engage our members and, and make them feel like they're, they're part of it. It's so easy to, to sign up for something. And then if you're just never interacting, you get busy with day-to-day -day things that you just kind of forget about it. So, um, you know, really wanting to make sure that our, our members um, feel like they're there and are getting something out of it and can contribute. It's so important to any group that you join is knowing what can I expect? Um, you know, what can I come to you with? What, what are you going to help me with? Um, so it's great that you do some outreach and help get members going within your group. Marissa, anything to add? I don't think so. I think they both kind of um, definitely, I mean, definitely spoke to what our goals or our, our team, our leadership team, where our overarching goal was to make them feel comfortable to reach out um, and have that opportunity. Um, I can't specifically think of anything else that I'm missing. So let me know if I should be Pam and Leah. <laughs> I think the other thing too, that I would add is if I'm speaking to, um, for myself of, I'm never one to put myself out there for a leadership role or, um, or be a, a leader of a group. And this is such a close knit group that um, my boss came to me one day and said, Hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to, um, to put your name in for the board. I'm like, um, okay, are you serious? But it's, it's, it's provided me such an experience that I probably wouldn't have mm -hmm. done before that hopefully as our members um, feel like they're part of this, that it gives them a leadership opportunity without going to the air board or something larger, um, mm -hmm. gives them that, that ability to, to grow as a leader. Yeah, yeah I absolutely second that 100%. And I agree. And, you know, we've talked about this, the three of us have talked about this a lot over the years. You know, a lot of people really shy away from being in, in a, on a leadership position, especially a volunteer leadership position. We're all really busy. It takes a lot of time. But I can tell you that um, serving on this leadership team, the relationships that we've gained um, through this are going to take us through our entire career. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. no amount that there's nothing that we could have done um, to have gained um, such a collaboration um, if we hadn't been on this leadership team together. So I just really encourage people to volunteer. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, um, it's really next level, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it just Absolutely. really is. So I just really encourage people to volunteer. Yeah, I would agree. And the confidence that just, um, navigating waters that I wasn't aware I was going to navigate and, um, has the confidence that it's made me in a professional and in myself for air, as well as to bring back to my team at Mayo has, has been awesome. That's fantastic. Well, I'm going to ask you all for some advice as closing words, but before we get there, I think it's pretty important to mention that if you are a member of AAPPR and you're an academic in-house recruiter, you can join AIR for free. It's included in your membership. Uh, you just check the box within your member profile and then Leah 
will reach out to you to help you get started with the group. Uh, and it sounds like Pam and, and Marissa may be in touch about getting you involved to volunteer as well. <laughs> we try. <laughs> so in addition to volunteering and, and giving back and getting involved uh, within AIR, uh, what, are, what are some advice you would offer to fellow recruiters and AAPPR members? Pam, let's start with you. Okay. Um, you know, it's interesting that, that you asked me that, Liz. I'm, I'm I was just working on an intro to our um, newsletter. And, you know, the biggest thing that comes to my mind right now in the season that we're in of COVID researching is I, I just encourage everyone to take care of themselves. You know, the work that we do, <clears throat> it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of pressure because we see the numbers in our hospitals going up. We know that our service lines are desperate for our um, physicians and for nurse practitioners to take care of these patients. And it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot to hold on your shoulders to know that your department or your team or you yourself are responsible for making sure that there are providers to take care of these really, really sick people in this, in the middle of a pandemic. So I just say, um, take care of yourself. Um, you know, you're, everybody's doing a great job. We're all working really, really hard and the work that we do matters. So just take care of yourself. Absolutely. We're starting, you know, we're starting the process. We bring those providers in to care for our communities. And that's so true. The work we do is important. And, you know, we touched on this a little bit before, but, um, you know, AAPPR is an amazing network of professionals. And, you know, I know members are there for one another. So, uh, you know, we're, we're here to lean on each other and to reach out to each other to help get through those hard times. Leah, what about you? What advice would you offer? Well, Pam stole mine. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> you want me to I go? Know, we know no. we're in the same place. We and, know we're both getting run over. I know. And, and that's what the advice I give my team all the time is you, there's always going to be at work here left tomorrow. So take the time to not overwork yourself. You have a personal life. You have hopefully it's not hopefully, but maybe you have other people that um, depend on you and, and that, um, you know, that they, they need you there too. So I think that's important. Um, the other thing, not that I've, I've created one myself, I have it mentally in my head, but having, you know, things to look back on of successful recruits that you brought in, people that you've brought in who have risen through the ranks of leadership at your institution, or just really good physicians that you can count on and thinking through, like you are a major part of what brought them here at Rush and thankfully I have um, a chair of OB who will text me all the time thanking me for, for recruiting her over from another um, institution here in Chicago to have those things that just kind of remind you of why you're doing what you do is important. Mm -hmm. Do you have a high five file? I should. Mentally, I do. I tell myself all the time that I need to have one. Um, and I would encourage anyone that or creating a, a list of stories of all the crazy things that you've heard over the years, because every recruiter undoubtedly has some stories mm -hmm. that would shock everyone. So mm -hmm. uh, between those two things, I recommend starting that anytime you start this career. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, I have a high five file and I look through it every once in a while, those emails and thank you notes and, you know, little stories and lists and things of, um, 
you know, accomplishments in the past. And it's just, it's such a nice reflection and reminder. And it always makes me smile if I'm having a tough day. Yes. Marissa, what words of advice can you offer? So one of the things that had come to mind to me, which piggybacks off what Leah said was to celebrate successes, um, but not just with yourself, but with your team. So, I mean, I know not everyone has a large team. Some people are recruiting as physicians of one, um, but finding, finding your person or your people to be able to be, to, to be able to allow yourself to pat yourself on the back, because to Pam's point and Leah's point, we're working hard it's challenging. It's extremely challenging now that we're at home to find those drivers of why we do what we do. My personal motivator has always been to walk to my meetings and see the patients and remind myself that I'm indirectly impacting these patients by who I hire. And now I don't get that. And so making sure that you find your ways to celebrate those successes and um, keep yourself motivated. Celebrate your successes. It's it's important. We don't do it enough. We don't give ourselves a pat on the back or you know a virtual high five. Often oh, I know what I was gonna say. Oh, go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> In addition to celebrating your successes, uh, giving yourself grace was the other thing I was going to say because you can have a recruitment to to the point of having a successful recruitment. You can do everything by the book. And it works out perfect. And the next time you may try and follow that exact same path and you're derailed from, you know, letter B. Um, So give yourself grace. No recruiting is the same. Remind yourself to restart the process every time Um, and just go with the, go with the flow, go with the punches. Go with the flow. It's good words. It's good words for life in addition to recruitment. I want to thank you all so much for being here. Um, I really enjoyed chatting with all of you and uh, I wish you all well and stay safe, stay sane, take care of yourselves and uh, make sure you share with us your successes. We definitely want to hear. Uh, visit chat, chat. The member chat is a great place for us to, to share some of those successes. And if we're not in the office with one another, uh, surely we can we can give each other a high five virtually in the, the AAPPR member chat. So uh, head over there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna invite everybody to share a success this week. So there you go. That's my challenge to you. <laughs> thank you. I want to thank you all so much for taking the time, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the I Am AAPPR podcast. Stay tuned for part two of this episode and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on our latest episodes. For more information on AAPPR and the IMAAPPR campaign, please visit our website, aappr.org.